0: This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go.
1: This is the space age, and we are here to go. Three, two, one, zero. zero, zero, zero.
0: Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee.
2: I'm Teen Kumar. And I don't poop on the counter. <laughs> but our cat does.
0: One, one of our cats does.
2: Oh,
1: God.
0: Uh, welcome to episode 112 of Radio Free Galaxy. Uh, tonight we are going to be reviewing the new Jordan Peele movie. And there's a plane going over, <laughs> as always... the
2: worst. The cat is in the window so she's wedged in between closing it so she's just carrying on with her destruction and hate for the day
0: yeah so the cat's in the window so i can't close the window so there's just gonna be lots of planes going over because we live really close to an airport so yeah so anyway we're gonna be reviewing uh jordan peele's new movie nope (laughs) tonight uh we're gonna be talking about it it's his third film in his directorial career. Uh, his other movies have been hit and miss, so we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about that when we get to it. Um, as Adam alluded to, Christine and I had one of our cats uh shit on the kitchen counter today how did you how did you discover this shit uh, on the counter dude, today so christine so
2: you went off to go play handball with your friend keon and i decided to go clean up the dishes and the usual stuff in the kitchen and lo and behold i saw a rag kind of like crumpled up and tossed in the corner on the counter and i'm like okay whatever but then i noticed a very big cat poop just hiding underneath it so at some point Thought... So you lifted, you lifted up the towel, like, yes. why is this
0: towel here? Yes. And you lifted up the towel, and there was a fresh cat shit right sitting there. Yes.
2: Um, I actually thought you covered it up this morning and just didn't want to deal <laughs> with it. <laughs> and just... But then I honestly think my cat decided, because there was uh, we have rags hanging all over that area where the sink yeah. is, that she just kind of grabbed it and kind of just tried to hide her shame and <laughs> blame it on Travis.
0: Yeah. Right. I
1: mean like you guys like more about your guys' house and like a dish rag is in an appropriate dish rag spot, never crumpled up in a note ball, where mm-hmm. it's gonna get all nasty and moldy and gross. Right. It's always hung on something where it can dry and is easily accept- accessible Yep. Travis doesn't do that type of shit. I mean <laughs> nope, if he's gonna no. do something spiteful, he's gonna wait for you to see him do it and make eye contact. <laughs> Look at like, me. <laughs> look at me shitting on you Look at right. me shitting on your stuff.
2: I know, right. but like that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, well, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. And I'm like, oh, my cat decided not only did she hate my counter, she hated the towel too.
0: <laughs> yeah, only only one of our two cats actually jumps on the counter, Christine. Because because <laughs> the cat in question here is is Christine's cat, the cat that's more closely uh, associated with her, the cat that yeah. likes her more. out of our two cats you know it usually goes that way you know like if you're two people and you have two cats usually like one cat sticks by one person and one cat sticks by the other person It's just usually the way cats are so your cat christine (laughs) my cat is is petty as fuck dude is the most likely culprit because it's the only one that actually jumps on the counter my cat doesn't jump on the counter i'm not saying i'm not saying that my cat's without fault (laughs) she has had some accidents at certain points but usually it's out of like fear or stress or something like that. Your cat seems to be the kind of cat that when she doesn't get her way, she will shit on something. She
2: gets she does it out of hate. Like yeah. I can't pay attention to anything else if I pay attention to a plant. She actually bites the leaves. We have one poor sad plant in this house and the leaves just have holes in it. But just the fact like I don't know what I did to the counter. did I did I ignore her or something where she's like, I really hate that towel, I'm gonna show her.
0: Yeah. Like,
2: I don't know, man. So
0: it was like the double. Like, she shit on the counter, and then she covered it up with the closest thing that she saw. You know, at least she was trying to cover it up.
2: It, you or know was
0: it more malicious because she was like, I'm going to show you. When <laughs> you lift this up to clean the counter, you're going to get a big, hot just, steamer.
2: It was just nasty. It is nasty. It nasty. And, I mean, yeah. cats
1: cover their waste because, right. in the wild, it protects them. It mm-hmm. keeps them less detectable by other predators because cats aren't cats aren't apex predators they're just not other things will prey on them uh like shit dude sufficiently large bird prey will take a cat especially when they're small yeah you hear that cat yeah so cats (laughs) live in that unique place where they're like both predator and prey and like i mean we're similar to them in the fact that like we have a sympathetic nervous system that is always keyed for like looking for problems Right. Like, we're not positive, we're not geared to be positive at outset. We don't wake up in the morning, Caveman didn't wake up in the morning and go, huh, man, that's a great day, look at that look at that sun out, shining out, the, the lake down there. No, caveman looked outside, poked his head outside the cave and said, what the fuck is going to try and kill my ass today? <laughs> right, right, So, it, your cat probably didn't do the, the, the hand howl out of spite, although no. I did not put it past no. you, bitch. But... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was going to bury it either way. It was going to put something over it or try to. I mean, right. I don't know. Could have been worse. Could have been like, I don't right. know, a plastic bowl or something.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, you know what? I do not want to even give her that idea or intention because she might do that.
0: Well, I just love how, like, all morning you were trying to be like, one of the cats should <laughs> on on like you were. It was a mystery which one that it was.
2: Well, no, you you are correct. One of our cats is cross-eyed and she doesn't jump on anything. So very rarely, very no, I, very rarely. She does. Jumps
0: she on do, She does jump on something once in a while when she's feeling a little adventurous. But I've never seen her on the kitchen counter. No, I you that's haven't. way too high for her.
2: My cat, on the other hand, yeah. she dances all over that. It's just yeah. what a matter asshole. of fact. She
0: woke me up this morning at about. 4 30 5 o'clock this morning the the, the evil cat in question <laughs> she woke me up this morning uh i think this was pre counter incident <laughs> and she had another counter incident where she was tap dancing this morning <laughs> on faster on a bag of cat treats that the other cat eats she doesn't even eat these treats the the, nope. the cat in question doesn't even eat these treats and, and when you crinkle this bag of treats greenies, they are the tuna-filled greenies, when you crinkle this bag, it makes a loud noise, and she knows that. So she was s- tap dancing, stomping all over this bag of greenies this morning that she doesn't even like to eat, so she's not trying to open them. She's just trying to be an asshole. She's just trying to be an asshole and wake me up, and it worked. And I woke up, and I'm like, why are you doing this, <laughs> she you a little her, monster? She was
2: torturing her sister, because her sister comes running when she hears those treats.
0: So, that happened this morning, and then the counter-incident. So, there were two counter-incidents with p- the same cat today, anyway.
2: Yeah, that was my Sunday.
0: Yeah, that was, well, that was part of That was my Sunday it. morning, that I was, should say. That was my yeah, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, yeah, so... Yeah, so that was on the counter. Uh, <laughs> let's stop talking <laughs> yeah, about. I don't want any more feces-related topics right now. Uh, Christine, you've been watching a show this week. Whenever I come into the living room and you're in there, you've been watching some show that looked terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, what, tell everyone what it was. What my horrible show is. That you I watched was the watching? whole thing, right? Yes, I watched the whole thing. What was
2: so, it? Uh, Netflix released a eight part eight episode series of Resident Evil, um, and I didn't think it was awful. You thought it was atrocious, but that's fine. And to
0: be fair, I only watched like little few minute clips, but man, it looked bad.
2: I was gonna say I actually like the different point of view because it follows two sisters, uh, Jade and Billy Wesker, who. Um, Um, Albert Wesker's daughters, they were, like, cloned and stuff through, I mean, if you follow anything with Resident Evil, everything's cloned or genetically altered in some way, and there's just a bunch of secrets and lies that Umbrella tells you, but, um, it takes, like, it takes place in the past and the present, they kind of bounce around back and forth between, um, New Raccoon City, and then also what the world looks 10 years from now, so... Uh, New Raccoon City was built after Raccoon City was destroyed by a nuclear bomb in the movies because Umbrella was trying to cover up the whole zombie incident. Uh, In this one, uh, Jade, the main character, bounces from her past when everything kind of shit went south in New Raccoon City to where she is, where she's like this scientist who studies zeros of zombies that they call them in there because they can't just call them zombies, you know. And uh, she's actually a horrible mom. Like, through the entire series, like, she's trying to protect her kid, but she ends up putting the kid in more danger or whatever, and then she runs into her sister. And, like, the back and forth gets a little annoying because they mentioned COVID a couple times in this series, and I find that to be kind of irritating overall. But I like the idea that there's these two girls that are trying to make it through this world and figuring out, like, you know, oh, hey, guess what? The T-virus makes a... Animal's really, really big, and zeros are, like, really different because they can't hear or see, but they can smell you really good.
0: Okay.
2: I mean, like, that's all they really explain in the first eight episodes because they do go from the past and present a lot. So, but
0: it's a a continuation of the Resident Evil series after all of the movies take place. Uh, But, I mean, it flashes back, but, like, you know...
2: I'm assuming, yeah. I guess all those uh, Resident Evil movies would be ten years ago. Ago. I I, I think that's what they were going off of. But But yeah, is with
1: the shit in one of those Resident Evil movies, and like the plant was desert. So how does that work?
2: Yeah, good question. Like this is just an off thing. Like they have like a whole like a colony or a community on a boat. So, like, it like Umbrella, like, bops around a whole lot of times, and then there's all these, like, little factions. Like, I think they actually have, like, five or six different factions in the dystopia there where, like, you have, like, really, like, religious zealots in one. You got Umbrella holding one. You got, like, the librarians that are trying to hold whatever's left of, like, the artistic world so they can try bringing it back if they ever get past the, the whole outbreak and all. So it's kind of like... Uh, into the Badlands, but with uh, zombies. Okay.
0: Every time I came in while, while you were watching it, it seemed to me like an anthology series because every time I came in, it didn't seem like the same characters were on the screen all the time. And now that you tell me it's like jumping back and forth, that makes a little more sense. But like every time I would walk in, I'm like, this seems like a totally different... Show than what I was watching last time I watched. Oh no,
2: it it totally is like they have like where they're kids and then they're adults and then back and forth. They're trying to explain like the night that everything went bad, and why they're here now. So I'm hoping when if they get a season two because I actually like how they did it. I think Mm. it was just a little different for Resident Evil and also if you've seen the later Resident Evil movies are pretty pretty bad. Yeah, like I like the first movie. Like I I don't care how bad and how it's aged over time. I think it's great. So it's kind of nice to see something done on resident evil yeah all
0: right um adam you said you've been watching Westworld season four there's not a lot to talk about nothing else really well, happened yeah
1: because you got you got you had to be watching it for yeah. it to be meaningful. um it's it's interesting uh, yeah i'm hoping that there's more than just the five episodes that i watched this week so
0: okay mmm yeah, I'm I'm always leery of start. Like, I, I w- would like to start that series, but I want to know that they have some kind of good end plan for it mm, and that it's yeah. not going to get canceled.
1: I'm thinking that this is going to be the last season with yeah. where they're going. But yeah. so it's pretty much coming around full circle.
0: Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Because, yeah, it's... It, it took some... I saw the original movie way back in the day and then I rewatched the movie before I watched the series just and then I watched the the sequel to it, which is just fucking worse than the original, and the original was pretty fucking bad. Like um but I mean I saw it when I was a kid and you know it was sci fi, so get that shit up. Yeah um but the series um 'Cause they have they have more time to do more stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. Um I like don't... the original movie. Yeah.
0: Is, isn't it James Brolin in it? Um
2: Yeah, uh Josh Brolin's dad's Josh in it. Josh Brolin's
0: a... dad.
1: Yeah. I think it's Josh Brolin's dad, Yul Brynner. Yep. And mm-hmm. after that, fucking if I know.
0: Yul Brynner's terrifying. Dude,
1: he's movie. horrifying he with the black <laughs> with the black hat. Yeah. It's it's interesting because um That character um, is an actual person in the HBO series.
0: Okay. Not um, a robot.
1: Not a robot. Okay. Not a robot. Huh. And there's there's really cool aspects of how everything's done. Yeah. Um, like they explain like the gun thing. It's like, yeah, the the guns work on the hosts, not on the guests. You wouldn't, you know, we'd be guests. Uh huh. Um. And. Yeah, they just, just it pretty much fired off very similarly, you know, show up on a train. Yeah. They uh, hook you up with, you know, your couture and your uh, accessories and whatnot. And sure. Fun ensues.
0: Yeah, um, I'd, like to, I'd like to get to it. I also own the um, pornographic parody film oh. on, on VHS Sex World. I I I own Sex World on VHS too. Oh
2: wait, I have seen it. It's not as exciting as you think. It's not as
0: exciting as it sounds, but it does have a fantastic cover. The
2: cover is amazing. (laughs) The movie is just a bus, like a regular like yellow bus with a really crappy sign on the side saying Sex (laughs) Sex World. World. (laughs) (laughs) It's 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 really it. It's
0: really cheaply made. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it was made, like, late 70s. Uh, Yeah, at least. Maybe early 80s, but, uh, it's terrible. But I do own it because it's a fantastic-looking cover. Yes. And sometimes with VHS tapes, that's all All it was. That's all you need, right? An amazing cover. An amazing cover. I love when,
1: like, the VHS cassette tape, like, they just did, like, the... the The box art and everything. It has nothing to do with what you're (laughs) watching. Absolutely. Nothing.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, that's how they sold it back in the day. I mean, like, when VHS tapes were at their height in the 80s and 90s, a lot of them were made for a rental market, not necessarily Mm -hmm. a home ownership market Mm -hmm. because the price of buying one VHS tape was very restrictive. Super expensive. So, I mean, if you're sitting in a video store... And you're looking for something to rent, that cover is gonna grab you. That cover is gonna grab you and say, "Rent me." And then you get it home and you're like, "Man, this ain't nothing like <laughs> that. this is cover, man." This
2: ain't sex World. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: So, kids, you don't know the struggles that we had to go through. But yes, we got great box art, we got amazing posters, but the movies <laughs> did not usually live up to them. No. A few of them did, you know, like a, a lot of them did. Uh, Stuff like maybe Ice Pirates and stuff like that have fantastic covers and were still cool movies.
2: But you had to know somebody who knew somebody's cool brother that had watched all of them and can tell you which ones are garbage. You didn't have the internet to tell you which ones were good or not.
0: That's where you have a good video store clerk to actually, you know, like give you recommendations and stuff like that. That was a lost art. The video store clerk was kind of like the man. You know, they could like give you recommendations, tell you if something sucked, you know, reserve something. Thing for you when it came in, you know. If you're, if you're looking for, I'm bought it. <laughs> Which Adam was talking about before. You got him bought it. No, we don't. Um You know, the, the video well, yeah. store clerk was the man.
1: Right, and like you watch Clerks, and Randall was just, uh, he was out of time. Mm-hmm. He should Absolutely. have been, you know, rocking that that clerk job, like. 10 years prior I mean that yeah. was like a, when that movie came out that was like the end of that era like I was working at Best Buy at the, I think when that movie came out or, or near enough to it and yeah people would ask you hey is this any good Best Buy or not Best Buy Blockbuster would give you uh, five free rentals a week as yeah. an associate And I think our rentals were cheaper, too. Like, we paid, like, kid prices, so, like, 99 cents. And we were allowed to keep them for a week, not just, like, three weeks. Nice. Nice. Unless it was a new release. Yeah. In which case, we just usually watch the new releases before they got put on the shelf, so.
0: Yeah. Right. So you could give recommendations and stuff like that. That is
1: so sweet, dude. And, like, like... That's not quite a retail job, but it is. And let me tell you, the people who rent movies are not the scum of the earth like Randall makes out to be. Some are, <laughs> but like, if I had my choice, like had to work a register for some type of business, yeah. And somebody said like, Adam, you can either work in fast food, work in retail again, or you can work at a movie rental place. And I'd be like, You're gonna let me work at a movie rental place? Right. I'm all over that. Yeah. I don't even Hell no yeah. hesitation, because. Even if I have to deal with, like, an asshole customer at a movie rental place, like, or a difficult customer, it's nowhere, they're nowhere near as bad as the, the Karens at, at at Best Buy. Yeah. Or, or the, the douchebag, can I get my senior coffee now? Like, uh, yeah. dude, you see the line, right? And you're just going right. to jump in front of all eight of these people who've been waiting patiently. Because right. four people called in sick, and, like, there's one person in the fryer, there's one person on, like, the drive-thru, and one poor schmuck is making all the sandwiches. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a no brainer.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of like the same role as like the record store guy, the record store guy, the comic book store guy, and the video rentals or video store guy. Those are all like three esteemed positions of power the, among like the geeky nerd communities. The holy trinity, like, dude. Yeah. All
2: oh, right, and don't get
1: it twisted. None of those are coveted coveted like employment opportunities. Like they're they're not like super awesome. They suck. They, just they seem like bad. it when you're
0: a kid. When you see right. the guy working yeah, at the comic book yeah, store when yeah. you're a kid, you're like, "How do I get that job?"
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, like, I remember going into like our local comic book stores and always being nice to those people because you know, you know, our, my mom wasn't a shithead and told yeah. me to be nice to people. Right. But like, it wasn't like you know, I never made the comments like, "You have the coolest job in the world," and it's like. You know what? It probably might live some people's day, but, like, dude, hearing that, like, you have the coolest job in the world, like, when you work in any type of customer service-facing thing, is, like, if only you knew, kid. If only you Mm -hmm. fucking knew.
0: Well, I mean, the dream is always to work doing something that you love. And so that it doesn't feel like work. And and I agree, Adam. To me, working in a video store is kind of a dream. Like, I, I never did. You got a chance to do it. But, like, that's why... I actually want to open a retro uh, video store. It won't be a rental store, clearly, but I mean, a video you
1: know store no, for sale. but sales. your stuff would be set up there and to look like a rental store, but right. it's actually everything's for sale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, just like a sidebar here with the whole rentals business thing. My my best what of my so like Travis is one of my best friends here, you know, and with that comes Teen. So Teen's one of my best friends. So. Um, Dan used to work, Dan, one of my other, the trifecta of my best friends, Mm -hmm. he worked at a gas station and he's also worked at a grocery store, um, and a comic book store. So he's got like a, a, a depth of like having to deal with people. But my buddy Kalen, um, he worked at the video store here in Milwaukee, the one over on uh, uh, Farwell and Brady Trav by the, uh, Walgreens in the, in the
0: prospect mall.
1: Uh, no, not in the prospect mall oh okay uh
0: by farwell and brady yeah, oh the right was this?
1: or across the street from brood awakenings yes i know what you're talking about or rochambeau whatever the yeah. fuck yeah. rochambeau oh uh, uh... but he worked on the second floor while the porn was
0: yeah the stories
1: bro oh <laughs> yeah. my god the stories <laughs> and it's twice as terrible working that counter than it is the downstairs counter oh i'm sure I just go and hang you. out with him. It's like while he's working before I had to go to work. Cause I that third, second slash third shift job. Yeah. I just go hang out with him, yeah. and people watch. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was right,
2: dude. I remember that place. Like it was just what plane was that going over? That
0: was a motorcycle. Oh, never
2: mind. I thought it was like a <laughs> biplane or something. No, but I remember that story because I used to hang out on Brady Street back in like the early thousands, right. and it was just ending when i had gone to it the upstairs was like a total mystery i was like i don't want to go up there by oh my myself
1: huge, huge sign that says once opened no returns on the glass counter that holds all the toys yeah.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, the toys oh god oh, i like to man. make a return
2: uh, uh right.
1: travis you got you were privy to one of those stories but yeah you to told say, you, i was there you when you somebody him, uh, came to, uh <laughs> try to return something and uh Gross.
2: Yeah. Ew. Yeah.
0: Anyway. It didn't fit. It did not fit. (laughs) You got got a different size? This one doesn't fit. Can
2: I go one up? (laughs) Need to go one up.
0: (laughs) All right. with With that, let's take a break and we'll come back right after this with our review of Jordan Peele's Nope. Stay tuned.
1: New meaning to mind the gap.
0: This episode of Radio Free Galaxy is brought to you by Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. They're the only brass knuckle shoes on the market for when pitying a fool ain't quite enough. Mr. T's Knuckle Shoes. Get some. Alright, welcome back to Radio Free Galaxy episode 112. Christine, Adam, and Travis here, and we are going to be giving you a spoiler review of nope I, I i feel like i have to preface it by saying jordan peele's nope i i i don't feel like i can just say nope like nope is too abrupt uh, it, to it's annoying
2: yeah i know I, not the best name for a movie. i don't
0: love i don't love the name but you know uh it certainly stands out so yeah i'll, I'll I give it that
1: name uh, i am of the opposite of on the name
0: Um, As far as the the name goes, though, uh, a lot of people, when it initially was announced, they were speculating that NOPE was an acronym for Not-Of-Planet-Earth. And I watched an interview with Jordan Peele where he seemed to jokingly acknowledge that that's the truth. He said it basically has two meanings. It's number one what but he said he said his words um it's what black people would say if they uh ran into an al- alien encounter such as this and that's another plane not an alien <laughs> encounter um, count
2: the planes on radio free galaxy
0: <laughs> it's a fun little game um yeah he said it's what black people would say if they ever had an alien encounter like this just nope and he also s- jokingly acknowledge that yes it might also refer to not of planet earth so
2: whatever i I guess so that's
0: whatever uh it's it's a clever little name let's let's talk briefly a little bit about jordan peele's filmography not as an actor or anything but his directorial uh films he's only done three so far but they are notable Get Out was his first one. I thought that movie was an absolute masterpiece. That's fantastic. Just like you haven't seen it, Adam? I highly recommend it. It's great modern horror. It's got a message, but it's also just a really really good, good well-made, suspenseful film. It's it's social commentary, but it doesn't like necessarily beat you over the head and the social commentary doesn't get in the way of just an excellent movie, just an excellent, well-made movie. And, um, I really enjoyed that movie a lot. I was really looking forward to us when us came out his second movie and that movie had great trailers and it had the, I got five on it trailer and all that and the weirdness and, um, did not care for it was that it's not good no
2: it's very disappointing
0: no i i kind of hated that movie actually <laughs> yeah, like it that wasn't was even i good. didn't like it like i really felt an aversion to that movie it was it really like was poorly made i <laughs> like i like objectively objectively like poorly made like i i haven't seen it since i saw it in the theater when it came out so like I can't specifically sit here and point to everything that I hated about it, but I thought it was just a poorly made movie. It was just bad.
2: Well, um, it did the exact reversal of what the first one did, where in the first one there was a little bit of a message, but a really good horror story. In the second movie, it was all about a message and a horror story, and it just got very jumbled, and it didn't make any sense, and it just... I I, I didn't like it. It was not a good story.
0: It made absolutely no sense. I... I really didn't like that movie so I was really waiting for him his next movie you know to redeem himself not that he needs to prove anything but I mean I'm waiting for another good movie like Get Out and um, the trailers for for Nope were interesting I didn't like the name Uh, I, I don't think it garnered the kind of attention that he was seeking to get from, from the name I, I really don't think it has the lasting kind of impact uh, that he thinks it's going to have by naming it something yeah. like that I think he really meant to like have a really striking unique name and I just don't think that it works but the film overall I think is really good I had fun um, there were some slow points there was a lot of build up in the beginning of the movie that I think could have been shortened down compressed. Uh, but then again, they were, they were trying to kind of build these characters up and kind of give them an arc, all of them an arc and like, you know, set up the weirdness that was happening. Um, overall i liked it i had fun i have some complaints and some questions and some things i want to talk about but just overall christine where do you sit in this movie
2: i actually really like this movie and i honestly could probably say the same points of view that it was a little long so there's a lot of areas that i think could have been completely shortened up but overall i actually thought it was a good suspenseful horror movie Yeah. yeah
0: adam what do you think
1: could have been 15 minutes shorter but overall i enjoyed it um definitely an interesting take on uh the whole the, the on the genre itself yeah um the fucking beginning confused the shit out of me like what the fuck man
0: with, like, with the chimpanzee what are, what are gordy yeah yeah yeah. Like,
1: yeah it just no i agree they Be- really do it for me um
0: yeah, it was very confusing. Now, now that I've seen the whole movie, and it made I sense yeah, right, like
1: it's jarring.
0: It 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 is very jarring. So the movie starts out with basically this killer chimp chimpanzee on the set of a TV show, and it like apparently like killed nearly the whole cast of the of this family sitcom Wait. comedy TV show. And um, very weird. And I mean, it goes to the later on, it connects it, I think, by going to themes that you can't tame the wild. You can't tame like nature uh, the way that you think you can. You know, I I was trying to the entire movie find the relation between uh, this fictional TV show, which was called actually called Hey Gordy, which uh, kids, if you know the band uh, Stormtroopers of Death or S.O.D., Hey Gordy is actually a track on um, the Speak English or Die uh, record that they put out. And yeah, so it, so I think it's a direct reference to that. Um, I, I say track because... S.O.D. has some tracks that aren't exactly songs. And right. that's that's one of them where it's just like five seconds long or whatever, where it's just like, hey, Gordy, give me another hit. And it says something like that. And that's like the whole, I yeah. quote unquote, song. So um, if, if that's the direct relation to Hey Gordy, I think that's actually kind of funny and creative <laughs> of Jordan Peele. Um, but yeah, so it was a fictional TV show. God damn, these planes, the dude. God damn, these fucking planes. I never notice them until I'm trying to record a podcast or do something. are <laughs>
2: like, hey, you're, yeah. you're recording. Let's fucking yeah. go over his house right now. Uh, anyway, right.
0: uh, we've
1: grown up with planes overhead all the time. Actually. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. It's probably
0: not <laughs> even coming up on the microphone that much, but like, I can hear it and it's like drowning out like right. everything I'm trying to say. So, anyway, um, yeah, so it was a fictional TV show in the movie, Hey Gordy, and it was like the, I think they, the incident happened in like 1998, they said in the, yeah. so it was a late 90s TV show and, about a family that had a pet chimp or whatever, and hilarity ensues, you know, in the spirit of, you know, Mr. Ed and, you know, Alf and all of those kind of things, Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And one day the chimp goes wild and just it, in the it world of the movie the shit, yeah. flips his shit and just kills everybody. Uh, I was waiting for some kind of connection in the movie to the alien thing as to why the chimp did this, but that never came, and that's not really the point of it. That Actually, whole it did. what's that?
1: The whole like you know you you can't look the animal in the eyes. The whole like that the whole, right like it did come in. It oh yeah, wasn't. It wasn't very obvious and it wasn't like hitting you over the head with it. Um,
0: Oh totally It it had a connection to the whole story I'm just saying I was looking for A direct relation as to The alien thing and why An animal would like go wild So maybe like the aliens arrived In 1998 It was overhead and it messed with Like the chimps Like you know brain or something And it went wild or something That's that's what I was looking for the connection as to why it did it But that really wasn't the point The point was you, you know, can't control nature. Y- yeah, you can't control nature or shape it to the way that you want to, which is what a lot of people do in this movie uh, physically and emotionally. And, you know, nature kind of always fights back and does its own thing. That's a reoccurring theme in this movie with the horse Lucky that you know they can't quite ever train and, and um well, that was ghost. ghost oh that was ghost the the horse ghost right that was always just kind of going to be wild
2: i thought that was kind of reference for the alien like there's like you can hear him like winning on the back of the horse it's like yeah he just owns the territory so right the alien is pretty much kind of like a horse where right. it's just it's a wild stallion you can like it'll do what it wants to do and if it wants you to see it whatever Right, yeah, and, it's a wild and, animal.
0: And then that theme was, you know, um, related to people in the movie too. That you can't make people do the things that you want them to do. They're always going to do what they want. Like Kiki Palmer's character, Emerald, was she kind was of fucking great. she was kind of a, a wildflower. You know what I mean? And she kind of just did her own thing. And <laughs> she was dealing with a lot of trauma. And a lot of people in the movie were dealing with trauma in different ways. And uh, yeah, it was uh super cool. It was, like you said, Adam, it was a new take on a genre that I just haven't seen before. You know, right. um we've seen these kind of UFO movies, but the fact to make it like a living thing uh was kind of cool. Right. And and then to like give it like this this personality and like hiding <laughs> in the cloud. I mean, it was an original, super original story. I like, like that about it. <laughs>
1: I like how the, the, the guy from Fry's is like you see that cloudy cloud ain't moved, right? <laughs> <Watch> <laughs> yeah. the fuck.
0: I, I actually like that character too. Uh he was played by Brandon Perea. Oh Angel? Yeah, the character Angel. He was a um he was a Fry's uh customer service it, yeah. representative. Um there, there's a on IMDB there's always a section where they talk about the trivia from the movie and goofs. And the only listing for goofs right now on the IMDb page is that O.J. and Emerald were able to pay for a purchase at the Burbank Fries Electronics without having to wait. Such an occurrence never happened during the years that it was in business.
1: <laughs>
2: oh. Right. Like, that
1: store was fucking dead. I've been to Fries in uh, Corona? Or no... Well, it doesn't no matter where. I've been to a fries in California and dude Finding a parking spot was a pain in the ass. Dude,
2: yeah. that place was a ghost town, like at all hours. Like I don't even know how they kept the lights on with only like two customers ever coming in there.
0: And it's very weird that they featured a fries, like, in this movie, because it seems to take place in modern like in like in the present time and fries has been out of business oh, for but a while. he
2: had a flip phone. Oh, actually, you know what? I he was that back. the only one, that had, the the only one that had a flip phone. I'm sorry. Like, they did have laptops and stuff. My bad. No, I was just thinking, like, oh, he had a flip phone. But, yeah, all the other technology was pretty much, like, in the now.
0: He's just a flip phone kind of guy.
2: Well, maybe time is just lost there and fries will live on forever.
0: So the two main characters of the movie are Daniel Kaluuya, who plays O.J. Haywood, um, and Kiki Palmer, who plays Emerald Haywood. They are the descendants of the African-American jockey that was photographed for the first moving picture. And their family has run this horse ranch. Um,
2: Haywood's Hollywood Horses.
0: Haywood's Hollywood Horses. Their family has run that for many generations. And they train horses and supply horses to Hollywood for the movie and television industry. That's the whole premise of the movie. They own this ranch. Uh, Keith David is their father. And Keith David gets mysteriously killed in the beginning of the movie by this, uh, a nickel, basically, that just falls. There's, There's this shrapnel storm that happens on the ranch. And he's sitting on a horse. And he just gets a nickel through the brain. <laughs> like there's this this shower of metal objects that's just falls from the sky.
2: Like there's like a key that's stuck in the horse, you know. Like yeah. it's, it's just very strange. you said, oh, a plane must have accidentally dropped their stuff while flying over. Which right. that that's just really strange. But like it was a very like traumatic, yeah. out of nowhere death. And uh, the OJ is now trying to take over where his dad left off, and right. he's not doing too well because he's pretty depressed because his dad died.
0: He's dealing with his dad's death. He's got to deal with the financial obligations of the ranch, which I'm sure is, you know, they were already having a problems. Huge ranch. Yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge ranch, ranch and it's in California. So it can't be cheap. It's out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I'm sure all of the utilities and everything are crazy. Um, you know, especially like water and stuff, uh, to, you know, for a bunch of horses, yeah. um, um, but, yeah, the, Keith David refers to the fact that, like, they need this upcoming job that they were going to book uh, providing horses because, like, they're like they're not doing well with money and they're having to, like, sell off horses and that kind of thing. Um, he gets killed. OJ is having a lot of trouble and he's selling off horses to this local novelty amusement park... Western thing run by Steven Yeun, uh, whose character what's his, his character name is Ricky in- or Jupe? Jupe Park, yeah. Um, he's the kid from the Hey Gordy show who was the only cast member that wasn't murdered by this chimpanzee. Yep, who who? Oh, oh yes, oh, there, was yeah, yeah. there was one more. there's one more. Right.
2: Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That. Well, I mean, like when you see the movie, because like she's in the um actual trailer but you think it's part of like some kind of horror thing and they're seeing things and no that's actually one of the survivors right from the chimp attack and it's like you know what dude at that point just fucking kill me yeah fucking kill me did dude. she
0: are, are we insinuating that she basically had most of her face ripped off by and the, her hands yeah yeah
2: yeah like i just take me out man yeah
0: um again that 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 you know refers back to the can't tame nature kind of thing um uh, Yeah, just horrifying. But, yeah, he's been selling off his horses to this western, like, basically like a A renaissance fair for the Wild West, you know, complete with, like, the whole Ren Fair kind of, like, shows and stuff. Yeah. And then we find out later that Steven Yoon is, uh, Jupe is trying to basically, he knows about this alien thing. It's been stealing horses from him. So he's been feeding horses to it to get it to come and appear, and he's basically trying to tame this alien UFO creature thing, and that goes horribly wrong for him. Miserably. Miserably (laughs) wrong. Which it should.
2: Yeah. Right? Like, oh, hey, you know what? I can make a coming attraction for my thing. Let's take this wild alien thing that eats horses and it shows up at the same exact time every single day or whatever. And this time it decided to come early and it just like ate everyone. It isn't
1: even just that it eats horses. It eats meat. Yeah.
0: Yes. It eats meat. All right. And then it ships
1: out the inorganic shit. Oh, dude. And then, yes, yeah.
0: exactly. It, it, it spits out, like, the inorganic stuff, especially, like, the metals and plastics and things like that. And that's how we find out, oh, it spit out some shit, killed Keith David, that's how he died. You know? Um, so we get an explanation for that. And, uh, yeah, so basically from there, the plot gets to, okay... We, we realize that there is this alien thing, um, whether it's a UFO or a living thing, whatever, they get the idea that they're going to save the ranch and make some money by getting their Oprah moment, by by finding their Oprah moment in all of this, which is getting clear, irrefutable evidence of Alien, aliens living on earth they, they need a video they need a picture they need something like that so that they can go on Oprah and say here we found this thing people will pay through the roof for this clear and and undisputable evidence of that so they go about trying to figure out how they can photograph it they start out by going to Fry's and getting a high tech like security camera system and um <clears throat> You know, they, they've got to kind of get two of them because they they find out whenever this thing appears, it shuts down all electricity in the area. You know, whether it's battery powered or hooked up to the network, it, it shuts everything down that runs on any kind of electricity, which is very weird since, you know, you find out it's a living thing and not a ship. What is this kind of electric magnetic pulse that like it's emitting from it.
2: There is no explanation on where this thing is, what this thing is. And I actually kind I like of that. I like that. I yeah. actually like not know not having exposition guy coming out of a car and saying, yeah. "Oh, by the way, I've been studying this thing. Here's my flip chart." And yeah. I just like knowing that there is some strange-ass alien spacecraft or living creature, which they find out later. Or a combination of both. A combination of both right. that is eating people and it is now targeting my ranch. What do I do to save my home? Because I'm already in dire straits. What What do I do? Right. So now I just need to set up my entire area because I want to take pictures of the alien.
0: Yeah, and and it, and it plays upon that theme of wanting to be seen... Wanting to have your moment, the Andy Warhol 15 minutes of fame kind of theme, uh, it plays with all those things. It plays with, you know, um, minorities uh, feeling like they never are seen the way they should be and never recognized uh, the way that they should be. So they always have to do extra. They always have to like do these grand extra steps to get the kind of recognition that they deserve. Um, And I I like all those themes because it's there and it's present and you recognize them. But again, it doesn't like hit you over the head with them or destroy Mm -hmm. the plot of the movie. No. Like happened in Us. This still manages to just tell a really good story. And then if you pick up on those themes, you know, it adds to your enjoyment of the movie, I think. Without bogging it down yeah. and making it feel you know preachy mm-hmm. you know it 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 really is done really well it's written really well it's acted really well uh we didn't mention michael Wincott Michael Wincott oh, comes in he's as so great. i i love michael Wincott His antlers <laughs> he's he's a great he he comes in as uh antlers host who is a world renowned cinematographer and they
1: Uh, he was doing a commercial in the beginning
0: yeah he was doing a commercial that featured that they were hired to do with the horse and uh, that's how they initially met him and they uh, elicited him to come help them get this impossible shot of this UFO and he's finally intrigued you know uh, when he finds out a little bit more about it like oh, this is impossible. He feels challenged. He's like, I really need to try to do this. So he brings his own cameras that he's made that just run on crank power on basically cranking them. Mm-hmm. And so they can never necessarily be shut off by any kind of electromagnetic field or anything like that. And he helps them out. He brings a little bit of wisdom and you know his wonderful Michael Wincott impossibly deep raspy voice
2: such a savory (laughs) deep voice like he sings the purple people eater song and it makes it i mean sings
0: i mean sings in quotation marks he recites it and it's awesome it's
2: awesome dude (laughs) it's fucking awesome what are you gonna say adam yeah this is the
1: the purple people eater part (laughs) you got a little movie with top dollar in it yeah
0: yeah um, yeah, but that's, I mean, basically they end up, you know, defeating the monster in the end.
1: Uh,
2: With the balloon. The fucking,
1: it turning inside out and all weird and shit, like, I just don't get.
0: Yeah, that yeah. W- that was like an extra thing that just happened at the end. and I, And again, it really didn't. Explain it very much because the whole time we knew it as like this saucer-shaped kind of eye thing It was like an eye that would just open up like and it's suck things in
1: the the
2: bottom. Yeah. yeah, well, I have a theory on that yeah. um, So like when an animal animal feels comfortable in its own like it becomes yeah. whatever it really is So like I think through like its safety thing to be like yeah. its stealth mode That's what it looks like, but yeah. it was just kind of rushed at the last minute. There was no yeah a hint of that anywhere yeah. in earlier parts of the movie that it could do other things. So I was like, wait, what am I looking at? But then I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe this is the explanation, but I don't, it it wasn't necessary to do. Well,
0: I think it was more of that's how it communicates is, uh. is through like it's kaleidoscope, like changes and stuff. I mean, that's what I was getting the hint of that. Like it it was showing like these like kaleidoscope, like, Forms and visions
1: to like OJ. Some of those lizards who like pop open like their their frilly little necks. Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Very similar, very very like similar to it, that. That's how
1: how in its natural environment it tells you to go the fuck yourself. Type right.
0: Deal. Right. No matter how it's trying to communicate or what it's trying to do, I mean you can associate it when it started to do that with when OJ was kind of trying to tame it. Or at least, like, he wasn't trying to tame it. I think he knew that you couldn't necessarily tame it, but he was trying to break it. Yeah. He was trying to at least, like, distract it and communicate with it on some level, you know, that that it could understand. He knew what it didn't like, you know, and he knew what it did like. And so he was trying to play upon that and come to some form of understanding with Mm -hmm. it while also trying to defeat it and get that, like, shot. And um, the way they defeated it with the inflatable cowboy guy (laughs) was kind of genius. I kind of love that.
2: Yeah, it was, Um, yeah.
1: I got to say, my favorite part of the entire fucking movie was when that TMZ guy fucking bit it. (laughs) The TMZ guy was an
0: intentional douche.
2: Yes, we were like, I think everyone is like, yeah, we want a guy like that to die. It's like, you got a camera? Nope. Bye bye because like dude when they show how people are sucked into the thing and how you die like they show very briefly like that is terrifying
0: it is it is terrifying and that was like one of the scariest parts of the movie but also that tmz guy plays upon that whole theme that we're talking about like having to be seen wanting to be famous like dude falls off a motorcycle and he won't get up because he's like you got to take a picture of me like this like, you know what i mean it's like just so like, gross where's my camera
1: like yeah
2: yeah, yeah well oj's yeah. like yeah you're on your own dude <laughs> yeah right
0: it's like never mind yeah never mind this is why i have a flip phone fuck all you yeah. guys
2: <laughs> no his uh his expressions when um he's stuck oj when he was stuck in the truck were uh the ufo or whatever was above him and he kind of opens door looks up nope. and then his eyes are just like he's shaking he's like nope Just like the the, his facial expression is like, yeah, man, I'm not doing that shit.
0: Daniel Kaluuya in this movie is he doesn't have a lot of lines. He's very quiet and reserved and kind of shy kind of dude, but his face acting is on point. Just fucking (laughs) beautiful. His faces and his eye acting, like in that scene, the
1: the non-amused most of the time, like just kind of (laughs) neutral facial expression for him is great. Yeah, then it's just like. He looks up, sees that thing, and it's just like, there's terror there. But there's also yeah. that, the Fuck, no. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. But, the few times they used it in this movie, it was used very well.
2: Yeah, because they did that one time where um he went into the horse barn, and the water kept on turning on. And then you're only, and, like, it's all blue light, so you can't really see anything. And these mm. weird little creatures start coming out, and he pulls <laughs> his phone out, and one dude it actually kind of gave me chills because it was slow like the head was slowly coming around the corner he's like ah oh, nah nope nah, nope nah, 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 and nah. then <laughs> one of those little son of a bitches was coming from one of the yeah. other areas and he like cold cocks him yeah. but it ends up being a kid in a mask and I'm like serves you right kid right but no his his facial expressions were excellent in this movie
0: yeah they were great he's a great actor I love him uh, <laughs> Kiki Palmer was really good the, the interplay and the relationship between the two of them as, yes. as brother and sister yes. was totally relatable uh love the shit out of each other disagreed on a lot of stuff but i'm believable mean, uh, totally believable some of the pr- um production decisions like emerald wears green a lot in the movie and oj wears orange i mean that was
2: oh dude the scorpion king fucking the scorpion uh, king hoodie, hoodie. that yeah. was great it was
0: a nice detail but it was orange his name's oj you know like it goes like the whole way she's wearing like a green Jacket, like I mean, it was it was a choice. It's a choice. It was I a like
1: choice. How the the uh, Mills character is just like OJ, and she's immediately like put on guard. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it right. is like you yeah, white bitch. Yeah. yeah, like O.J. Junior. Yeah.
0: yeah, uh, I wish Keith David had been in my. That's one of big complaints. Like I heard Keith David was in the movie. I want more Keith David, but. Um, you know that's fine. He was. I he was just to hear him.
1: Off. Oh, hell no!
0: Like- <laughs> <laughs> right. I I, I want Keith David. Like, oh hell no! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they
2: killed him off right away. Yeah,
0: but I mean that's what they needed. The Disney disease of the parents in the beginning to give it. Disney'd. You know. Yeah, he got disneyed real quick. Uh, although i would never seen anyone killed in a Disney film with a nickel, so. Uh, Unless it happened in a Deadpool movie, which are technically Disney movies. But anyway, Uh, yeah, so that's our review of, uh, I was going to say Get Out, but (laughs) that's our review of Nope. Anyone else have anything they want to mention from the film? Quick, Uh, Christine? (laughs) I see you looking up, but it doesn't translate well to a microphone.
2: I thought the horses were really pretty. Yes,
0: the horses were very pretty. Um, Agreed. (laughs) <laughs> so that's our that's our review of nope and that's the end of episode 112 of radio free galaxy thank you all for listening please remember to leave us a rating and review on apple Podcasts and the spotify app and check us out everywhere that we are on social media on instagram facebook uh twitter i think that's it and check out our uh youtube page radio free galaxy on youtube we're at 666 videos uh, there, and when, sometime this week we'll be crossing a quarter of a million views. I'm pretty excited Damn. about that. I know that, you know, it's not a lot for some YouTube pages, but I'm pretty proud of it's that. Pretty so. rad, dude. Uh, Yeah, so please subscribe and check out our YouTube page. So for Christine and Adam, I'm Travis. This is Radio Free Galaxy, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Later, guys.